0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. Man, we got a great episode for you guys today. We had, uh, you guys might know Nathan Hicks. He's co-instructor at the Basic Course, um, co-host of Resurrected that we do on Patreon. We do a lot of stuff with Nathan. And we had him on the podcast and another good friend of ours, and he owns CrossFit Rome, the CrossFit gym in our local community, Jeff Holloway. Jeff's been on the podcast before. Nathan has been on the podcast before. You guys have probably heard of him. We're tight, great group, and yeah, we sat down for a long conversation, mainly talking about how we have worked through, or or especially them, Nathan and Jeff, how they worked through the challenges that they faced in 2020 with the coronavirus stuff going on. Um, Obviously, both of them, like me, own a business that is heavily involved in face-to-face interaction. You know... (laughs) Owning, being a gym owner in 2020 was no joke. I'm sure some of you guys listening are gym owners and you probably have your own story. So we, we talked through that. We talked through how they dealt with the problems they faced and they share some pretty special stories and things that they did, like going back to the foundation of of their missions, when the chips were down, when stuff was crazy, controlling fear, how they supported each other, tons of stuff. I think you guys will enjoy it. Go follow Nathan on Instagram and bother him, PN, Pastor Nathan, go bother him on Instagram. And um, I'll attach the show notes to CrossFit, I'll attach the handle for CrossFit Rome in the show notes of this episode. Alright guys, today's episode is brought to you by Natural Rapport. Natural Rapport makes uncomplicated pet essentials and also treats dog snacks, right? Everything they make is gentle, safe, and effective. Most of it is single ingredient. Um, they're all natural. Look, this stuff is the only thing, that Natural Rapport is the only thing that we use to reward our dogs, their treats, right? Their soft-baked chews and treats and stuff. And it's the only uh, care products that we use to take care of them, grooming products, right? They, we got their ear cleaner. We've got their shampoos, all that stuff. We love our dogs. And a lot of the stuff that you might buy in the store down at Walmart or wherever to reward your dog with is freaking made in China. You don't know what's in it, and – it could not be good for your dog. We love our dogs, so we choose to use natural pour. Go check them out. Oh, I told you the other stuff's made in China. Natural pour is all made in the USA. Praise God. Go check them out on Instagram at natural poor. And um, go get you some at www.naturelapour. Natty N-A-T-T-Y-R-A-P dot com. Use the pro code three, that's the number three of the number seven project, all caps, for 10% off your natural rapport purchase. Thank you for sponsoring this episode of the Three of Seven Podcast, Natural Rapport. All right, guys. Here is Jeff P N Pastor Nathan. Blake was sitting just off camera, and me. Enjoy. Now we're, now we've begun.
1: <laughs> just say, be hard when it gets hard. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, the power of the spoken word. Hey, it's
0: on the sign right there, man. Yeah. If you forget it, just look. Over toward the window. What's up, PN?
2: We really are on. I was just going to say, if I can't think of what to say, I'm going to remind people they're not special in their uh, pain and yell at them, preferably through a bullhorn.
0: What's your problem, man?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I can always tell when you've had a bad day Uh, or someone sent you a grumpy text message.
0: Well, you know, people, I've come to find out it's strange. People like the tough love. From me for some reason, yeah. It, it, you know, if you try to talk to him about some some actually some meaningful concepts, right? <laughs> that, that might actually produce some permanent change, right? It, it, it might get you know, it might get a, a thousand likes. You put some tough love on there, and it's it goes viral. It dude. brings
2: them out of the woodwork.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Three O Seven Podcast. We got a full house this afternoon uh because jeff was late and um
2: <laughs> we, we got from getting my getting my food
0: yeah we got uh we got blake probably just off camera show your face there we got blake if you guys are watching on youtube he's got his ponytail up he's looking sharp as a tack a little bit out of shape but he's working <laughs> on that trying my best that's why we got jeff here today We've got uh, P.N., Pastor Nathan J. Hicks, <laughs> uh, owner of Higher Ground, co-instructor at the Basic Course, co-host of Resurrected, mine and Blake's own personal pastor, um, Nathan, thank you for joining us today.
2: Yeah, man. Glad to be um, here.
0: And we have uh, Mr. Jeff Holloway, uh, another repeat offender on the 3 7 podcast, owner of CrossFit Rome. And for you guys that are following me on my journey to set the world record on the Penhody Trail this fall, you guys are following my training load, my daily training load. You guys have seen, been seeing CrossFit Rome, right? This is the man that owns CrossFit Rome. And, uh, and, and he... Basically makes up usually half, at least half of my daily training schedule every day. So Jeff, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Today, man. Um, I I guess that's a good introduction, right? Oh yeah. Uh, Full house, man. Look, uh, Blake just got on to me because he says I never tell anybody what we're going to talk about on the podcast a lot of times I don't even know what we're going to talk about. I just I just like to get together and have cool conversations. But something has been on my mind. You know, Nathan and Jeff, you guys are what I would call seasoned business owners compared to me. Um, Blake and I, we've only been on, in the entrepreneurship space or uh, business ownership space for, what, a year and a half? Yeah. About a year and a half. And Nathan, I was thinking the other day I was looking at my higher ground Nalgene bottle, and it said established two thousand and seven. I was like, man, I was just going into buds in two thousand seven. Yeah. So you've been in the game for a while, Jeff. How long you been in business, man? Uh, a little over eleven years. Eleven years. So these guys uh, have been successful. They they are operating
3: within their passion, with without a doubt, both of them are. And it's obvious that Jeff is a good businessman to survive a gym through the coronavirus. Well,
0: Well, this, and and so this is what's been, this is what I wanted to come and kind of talk through not only for me, but for the listeners uh, in, in whatever, whatever format, whatever order y'all want to talk through it. I just wanted to hear kind of a little bit about this past year. And, And that's another thing we're in, we're all here. Everybody here is in the business of, like people, face-to-face interaction, mm-hmm. right? So I think we don't have to explain to the listeners why this past year was a, uh, a obviously quite a unique year. I just want to hear some of the, the struggles that you guys faced. I want to hear uh, the mindset that you attacked it with, um, some of the solutions that you came up with, and just how you were not only able to endure, but continue to really thrive. I mean, because CrossFit Rome is a is a thriving place. I just joined. I just joined the gym, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago. And and dude, it's packed out. I mean, it's a thriving place. Yeah. And and Nathan, you've done the same thing. I mean, we've stayed we've stayed busy right alongside each other uh, for the th- throughout the whole year. Mm-hmm. So, um, does that make sense? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, I know that's a lot to hit y'all with, and I know Nathan's got a freaking notebook over here,
2: so I know he's got something. He's got something to say. What's up, brother? Well, I I was, I mean, you had mentioned that you wanted to have the talk, so I just was sitting down thinking through the year, uh, or at least starting in in March, kind of a little bit in waves or kind of in big pieces, just how it, how it rolled out and what my response was and kind of what some of the tension that I felt and how I addressed it. And then what, you know, obviously what we did as an organization and how we did our best to navigate it. And, you know, obviously now have a little bit of um, the benefit of hindsight and can probably put better language to it than I could as it was going on. So yeah, I got notes,
0: dude, let's, let's hit it. Let's go with it, man.
2: Well, I I was just thinking, and um, Jeff and I are good buddies that talk, most every day. So even as all this happens, you know, I was just thinking back in, in March, as it, as it starts unfolding and it unfolded pretty rapidly, just the state of like, you know, the conversation goes from one day, it's like, man, have you, like you heard of this COVID mess or back then we just called it Corona. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't think, I really don't think it's going to be much to worry about. It should be, it should be all right. And then it's like, for us we get a call from a client that we're about to serve and they're like hey i think we're going to have to cancel our trip because of this and so the dominoes started falling for us really rapidly as far as what the um, our spring schedule and, and what we were supposed to do in terms of leading programs and so you're watching it happen and almost in i mean a little bit of disbelief and it's a little bit surreal um, because it's you're like oh what, <laughs> what in the world uh And at the the same time the information that's being handed out at the time you it's changing so initially it's like hey look we got to ride this out for two weeks and then we're fine so everyone everyone initially is for us canceling and then saying hey but let's reschedule what do you have room for in may and so we're kind of just shuffling the calendar around so from um from you know leading the organization's standpoint you're like okay this is a hassle it's um but ultimately Financially, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. We just got to shift things around. Um, but then that's, st- you know, suddenly two weeks isn't going to be fine. And now uh, we're going to do this for a month, shelter in place for a month, and we ought to be fine. So it still is a little bit, you know, for um, initially, it, for me, it was just a lot of shock. And I don't, Jeff could speak to, speak to it from his perspective. I think there's some similarities and some differences in our experience with it, but What, what was it for you?
1: By the time we figured out that the, the way in which we were normally going to do business to a new way of doing business was about four days. So I went to the gym on a Friday around March 8th, I believe. And I had this sneaky suspicion. I said, I don't think things are going to be okay. And I remember telling a buddy of mine at the gym, I said, I don't think we'll be here on Monday. I was looking at the culture specifically of the northeast part of the country and watching some of the kind of the big players in CrossFit up there starting to make some decisions. And at that point, the, the deer in the headlights effect of knowing that you had to pivot fast to be able to still provide value. And I think that was the name of the game, only I didn't know it at the time, was being able to provide how do you, as a gym, in-person coaching specifically at CrossFit, how do you continue to provide value with people at home? And I think it took uh, it took a while to figure out the depth of what that truly meant. But you didn't have, uh, but you had a few hours to make that decision. So yeah, that was the first piece of a much larger decision that had to be made.
0: Jeff, move that mic down and just a little bit. In line with your mouth. There you go.
2: Perfect. And I think yeah. I think our um, our experience was stretched out a little bit, a little bit more. And there were two things. One is because I, you know, what we do is in person. It it can't be done virtually uh, at Higher Ground. So I, I remember feeling a sense of um, almost frustration because as you're talking to people or, or hearing, you know, listening. And uh, there's just this murmur like, oh, well, you just have to piz- uh, pivot. That's what successful business owners and, and entrepreneurs do. And I'm like, it's a real hard pivot. Uh, like we've kind of staked our flag in experiential yep. um, things and learning that way and growing that way. And so, you know, we talk about uh, we talk about it a lot on the basic course and the proving ground. The the concept of being patient. And although I wouldn't say that I was necessarily patient every day, but I, that was what was required, um, for higher ground was, was to sit and be patient for a number of weeks while not the situation settled, but you at least began to have some grasp of reality. Like what's mm-hmm. reality going to be once the dust settles on, on the response to this. And, uh, and I just remember days of, a, kind of, I felt like toil was probably the best way to describe it. Like you would all day just you're trying to gather some sort of information that you can trust when really there wasn't a lot that was trusted and not that it wasn't trustworthy you just it was changing so quickly nobody knew yeah yeah and so every day you know you're like oh it's my my due diligence and my responsibility um as the director of this organization i've got to get up and find what i can find and at the end of the day i'd be like man i wish i would have just been better off if i painted my house at least I yeah. would have something to show for it, but but you couldn't, you know, you weren't quite free to just set work down. You kind of had to had to hang in there. So for us, it was a matter of being patient, and um, it took probably. Whereas, when did y'all shift to home stuff? Was it I guess mid March? Mid March, yeah. Um, so for us, we were all of our we kind of reconcile or just resigned ourselves to the fact that our spring calendar was not happening kind of for us. Our next big shift is um, is working with some summer camps that we serve. So training their staff and then providing some programming. So then, you know, we shift um, targets. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk to all these people and see what they are thinking and feeling. And, uh, and, and it was probably mid May when we realized, okay, they're, they're all making the decision to cancel. So our summer is now, very wide open and it wasn't really until then that we could say okay let's let's put our plan into place Mm -hmm. which we had been kind of sitting on and and working on um
0: so that that patience i think uh, was what kept coming up there for you nathan and i i I think uh, i can definitely understand how because you you didn't have you didn't really even have the option to switch to in-home stuff so you you basically knew that either you were going to freaking panic and quit or you were just going to have to be patient and just ride the storm out. Right, Jeff, was there ever a time for you where, where almost that, that you felt that feeling of like panic, like, Oh my gosh, or, or maybe others around you were feeling that, um, or, or what, what did you lean on during that, that transitional phase too? Cause potentially everything you had built, was going to be freaking shut down right
1: oh yeah man that's a great question so first immediate gut reaction is fear how do we manage fear or how did i manage fear in the midst of having to make fast rapid decisive decisions that is an interesting combo So what we did, um, what I did is first being able to take massive action, not spurred on by fear being the primary motivator was a really tricky thing for me. So the thing that motivates me more than just about anything else is being able to provide a value at the gym. So when we trans trans, uh, kind of when we pivoted to the at home stuff, I use, if we're going to talk about that term, turmoil and the, the angst that I felt, I was going to crush myself to make sure that people provided or were provided with the value that they were looking for. So I'm in an industry that people come to me wanting a result. If we go to Zoom workouts, we showed that those were not very well attended. If we go to programming, programming online is free. You can find it anywhere. So the value is in the touch of the coach. And being able to do that is is really what saved the gym and the business. But a piece of that that I learned, COVID expedited a lot of learning for a lot of different people. One thing I learned is when you put deposits in the bank over and over and over about caring with four people knowing who they are, knowing where they are, they're a lot more gracious in really tough times to stay with you. Versus if I and our and the staff and the coaches and our community, I don't believe we would have made it if the community wasn't as strong as it was before the crisis happened. And that was a big thing that I now know a year later, a year removed but i would say all the fear that i felt translated into action to make sure that i was going to crush myself so that people felt seen, heard, held accountable, had direction, and i called a, a lot of people absolutely every day. i would get up just to touch base even if i didn't have anything to say because that that pressure never went away. Mm like that every day and i was like that that pressure also is what drives a lot of success in life but at that point i wasn't deeming it as success it was keep the boat afloat yeah does that make sense
0: oh it makes total sense and it's interesting you you talking about how you're you're basically in your mind you're like Thinking about okay, the value, right? Which is that—that's the important part of what we even try to produce within Three O Seven Project is putting the value out, and you know, instead of, I think a lot of people would default to looking at the more mechanical aspects of it, of business, whereas as you're just. Like, hey, I know that if I can find a way to continue to put the value out and to make people feel cared for, to make people feel wanted, to make people feel like they're part of this team and this community, if I can still give them that sense, if I can still provide that value, that's what's going to allow us to pull through this situation, man. And also pointing out the fact that the reason that you have been so successful throughout this year uh, of turmoil and struggle as a gym owner, in the worst year in the history, uh, in human history of owning a gym, the reason you've been so successful is because you were putting in, you you were making deposits into your community, into your tribe, into your people for years and years and years prior to this, right? Yeah. So you you had some... You had some credibility. You had some money in the bank. Not,
3: I'm talking figuratively yeah. as far as what you've invested into your community. That's what that's what I hear is that really you weren't concerned. I mean, obviously we got to have money to live, right? But it sounds like when that when that happened, you thought not. How am I going to make money for myself through this gym? It's it's how can I keep this community that we've built together tight without meeting here every day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and 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 if you do that then the money's gonna come you know yeah but but that wasn't the focus so that's pretty that's sharp and and impressive
2: he emptied his gym i mean to the to to his point of wanting to maintain value and help people achieve their goals he basically said to the gym you tell me what equipment you need and joker was hauling rowers and assault bikes all over rome barbell you know like so I, i just watching him do that that's a very generous thing to give your your company's assets to just freely say hey here you go that's uh, how you
0: i mean that's evidence that you are truly focused on providing value to your tribe yeah. your your customer mm-hmm. right no that's awesome i didn't know you did that jeff that's freaking awesome um gone son uh nathan what about you man keep keep walking us through uh you know what you were feeling when when finally you had the realization that okay this did like we're we're not going we are yeah. yeah we're not gonna be able to do what we had planned to do and
2: yeah i think there was uh i, I lived in the i lived in this tension um every day of knowing what i wanted my response to be and um as, as far as mentally and then also knowing that some days that I could have that response pretty easily. And some days it was really hard and I just wanted to, I wanted to take the writing on the wall for what it was. I mean, you know, having never faced uh, something like this and knowing what our years, how our year is structured financially at the outset, it it was not wrong for me to say. And I did say, Hey, look, if we lose spring, that's fine. If we lose summer, I, I don't know how that, how we will, make it through the year yeah and so as we're losing summer you know i've got 12 years of financial statements that i'm oh my god this is i know what our cash flow is like through the year i know how it typically goes i'm not sure where we sit now and so living i lived every day in this tension of okay uh here's the reality uh this is really just a chance for me to put into practice all the things you know we take people on trips and we work them through this let the wilderness be a metaphor for the rest of life like here we are this is this is my time to do that and this is wilderness for me and so i think um one trying to establish a perspective that put what i was living into context and and that metaphor was helpful for me and so i would think through things daily like okay what you know um where i think i made a post or, or two about like we're essentially traveling cross country there's no trail there's no trail the nation doesn't have a trail. like No one knows. So what would I do in the wilderness? Well, I would kind of plot my next point. so I kind of created a metaphor that I lived in or helped me. It just helps ground me, honestly.
0: Practicing what you preach. Yeah.
2: And then there was a, a couple of realities that helped. One was I needed to resign myself to the fact that our company could close. it It could go out of business, And if it did, okay, you know, I, I think the only, I didn't find peace in it. And I certainly, there was no resignation in terms of, I'm not going to work as hard as I can to keep it open. But mentally I had to come to the place that, uh, Hey, this could be something that the Lord is using to close higher ground. And if so, he's still faithful. And and if you're, if it's going to go down. It wasn't going down cause we had done anything wrong. We, it wasn't poor business. It wasn't, you know, so I just kind of needed to come to terms with, um, this could be the end of what you've known for 12 and a half years. And if so, just, you gotta trust that the Lord's going to move you to something else. Yeah. So that was one piece. And then another, as, as we began kind of working out what our options are and what we want to do. Um, partly because of how I work and partly because of the nature of, of the shifting climate and shifting information every day. Uh, it, it seemed foolish to me to set a whiteboard up and create a strategic plan for how we're going to navigate it. Cause the, there's, you don't have any concrete information. And so for me, it, it was really going back to kind of our roots and, uh, and, you know, sitting down with, um, Tanya and saying, okay, what are like, we got into this for a reason. So let's, maintain, let's make sure that we're being mission focused. We see the world around us is there is more need now than ever, uh, for what we do and the types of the way that we engage people. So let's look around and see, uh, what are, what are things that we can do that maybe we've had ideas for and have just never implemented because we've never needed to. Uh, and then let's be open to opportunities that come our way. So it was really a matter of, um looking for ways to serve people and carry out our mission and engage them uh in in new ways and so i think I, I said it at times let's be uh creative and let's seek to have wisdom and let's focus on our mission and like you said a minute ago really setting uh setting a financial goal again was to me it just seemed I, I don't work that way it seemed foolish so let's focus on carrying out the mission Still, if we got a business, we went out of business doing all we could to en- enrich people and help them grow, um, but also kind of trusting or, or leaning on the fact that oftentimes, if you're mission focused, um, you know the finances kind of come with that. Um, so we did that, and I think as we were working out that plan, you know, we had we had people tell us, uh, "Hey, you guys, look, you should." We can get a plan to get you out of your office. We can, uh, you could just tell Kelly, sorry, you don't have a job right now. Kind of a plan to basically batten down the hatches and ride out the storm, me go find other work. And I got that uh, advice from a couple of people early on. And I was just like, okay, um, those aren't people I need to get advice from right now. Like, that's not where we are yet. Um, And so, kind of trusting my own instincts to know, like, don't panic, work hard, but don't panic. Uh, and so in that uh, one day, Tanya said, uh, Hey, you, have you, what have you told Kelly? And I kind of brought her up to speed and she was like, you need to make sure she knows that we don't, there's not a secret plan to fire her. Uh, she's our program director works. Uh, it, it's hard to put what she does, the value of it in words, like, um, couldn't do what we do without her. And so Tanya was wise to encourage me. And so I basically, we we had a meeting um, and sat down and said, Hey, look, here's our plan. Kind of walked her through. Like, I don't have a, I don't have a whiteboard of how we're going to get through this, but this is the approach we're going to take. And we're going to trust that this is how we started and why we've been here. We're going to keep doing those things. And by the way, there's no plan to fire you. We're either going to all go down with this ship or, um, or we're going to all live to keep fighting another day. Um, And so I think trying to instill confidence in her, not through, you know, false things, not, not propping her up with some um, made up plan, but to just kind of shoot straight and say, look, here's where we are. Here's what we have reason to uh, hope in. And you're a part of that. And you're either going to, we're going to all have a job at the end of this, or we're going to all be looking for new work, but we'll all be together.
0: You know, one of the cool things about you bringing that up, and I want to toss this over to Jeff here in just a second, but, you know when well, I think when business when you start a business you have a foundation right like you said of why you have a foundational mission why why have you decided to launch out and take all this risk and take on all this work uh, what is the mission what's the foundation of the mission and when things are going good and everything is up and the the, the freaking chips are up it's real easy to drift away from the foundations of why you started the freaking whole thing in the first place, right? And I know you've even told me before Nathan that you know the the foundations of your mission involve taking groups out into the wilderness environment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I feel like, you know, you've described it to me before that you guys had kind of drifted away from that uh in a way, mm-hmm. you know, when 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 it just it just was the it just happened to happen. But you know, you return to those foundations, Jeff. I could only imagine. Uh, I mean, what were your foundations for starting a gym? I mean, what what were what were you? What what was ultimately what were you trying to accomplish by doing that?
1: We use fitness, the pursuit of health, the pursuit of wellness, as a means to love on folks. So our whole purpose statement is to transform lives through the pursuit of wellness. So when when we look back at the times i can't tell you how many miles i walked on a road during quarantine on my cell phone talking to people and i remember one day and i appreciate nathan you saying this is people need this now more than ever Mm -hmm. and i remember thinking it was super vivid i remember thinking going back to what the original mission was, being mission-minded in the midst of chaos gives you the strength to weather the storm. Because we weren't out of the storm. We weren't allowed to open yet. Like we were still shut down. I'm going, if we make it, if we make it, you have a new fire in your belly. I'm like, that's where we are now. We're on, the, we're on the back end of being able to be closed. There's still gyms in the, in the United States that are still closed. Oh, a lot. Yeah. And it's, and, and we're super fortunate to be able to be in person. We have a lot of parameters that we have to, to abide by in person, but going back to the mission and tying that in with a new sense of purpose has been, I would say has been huge. That's probably been the biggest thing to come out of this year is the, the renewed sense of purpose be Mm -hmm. Mm mission-minded and it's been huge
0: and this is for me something that i'll take with me from this conversation from a business perspective is that when the freaking your stack of chips do get low and mess is not looking good freaking go back to the foundation Mm -hmm. of why you even started this journey and recalibrate and start start again on those foundations it's what both of you guys did yeah it's exactly what both you guys did
2: um i I remember too feeling and i still feel it a little bit but um and when things were really hot and heavy in the spring for when it was first hitting I, i felt compelled that the the world or at least the people around me needed people needed to see other people like keeping their head about them because much of the world was absolutely losing their mind. You're right, man. And, uh, I, I remember, I guess, feeling that tension of like, I, I feel the same thing. I get where people are coming from, but doggone oh, on it, like let's hold it together. We can, all of us collectively losing our minds isn't going to help. And, and so, you know, I, I don't say that I did that every day. Well, but I, I think I felt compelled to like, okay, let's try to find, perspective in this let's try to put out to those around us uh, what's the right way to think about it and and let's all work toward having the right mindset alongside one another and and working being you know our businesses are different but we could support one another Uh, I remember talking to friends that were physicians and surgeons and they're I can't even operate and physical therapists I can't do anything and so everyone's uh you know in the same in the same storm but very different experiences of how that's affecting them and and thinking, well, we can all encourage one another, even though we're, our circumstances are all very different. Uh, and a, a friend called me at one point, electrical contractor, and uh, it was probably June, you know, stuff was kind of rolling. He said, it, it just dawned on me, your work's not coming back. Like my, my work is coming back now, but yours isn't, is it? And I no, no, it's still very different. Um, so it, it was an example of him kind of realizing like he, he's starting to return to what's normal for him, um, but people around him aren't. And so he called to encourage me. So I, I felt like that was an important, our conversations, the ones that Jeff and I had.
0: Well, that leads me into the, the very next thing I, I wrote down is I, I didn't know you guys when all this maybe knew of you, but didn't know you. How did you guys support each other as friends and business owners within the same community? How, what did you guys do to support each other, uh, whether it's emotionally, mentally? Uh, was there a schedule around it? What, what were some memorable ways that you guys helped each other or other people around you helped encourage you? Does that make sense? Yeah, you want to take
2: that
1: first? Okay, I'll take that. Full disclosure, uh, Nathan is the level-headed one of the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am the one who I feel things. I feel high highs. I feel low lows. I feel fear. A uh, big part of this year has been me understanding, naming, and calling out the narratives that I uh, that I that I tell myself uh, and how I'm perceiving reality. So, when you have a culture or a it's seemingly a world around you that is very much operating in that fear, I have a hard time processing that information. That's why Nathan was invaluable during this time is I'm also an external processor. So being an external processor means half the stuff you say out loud, either A, you don't even mean, B, doesn't even make sense, but you have to connect the dots audibly to be able to frame your thought process. So me internally thinking it's just like a weave of spaghetti. So when Nathan and I chat, a lot of times when you have somebody like a sounding board to be able to say truthful things to, to be able to say things that are kind of way off out in left field, it allows for you to process that information with somebody else that's a support system. And 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 during this time, that's what I will encourage people to do. Is who is their sounding board? Like you got to. Some people it's a journal. Some people it's a person. So Nathan and I, when we got on the phone, we kind of s- several different things always happen. It was a check in, but really, how are you doing? It was a kind of call out to the truth of like whatever was in there that was either negative or untrue. We're like, okay, let's call that into light. Just kind of pull it out and beat the, beat the, uh, the, the negativeness out of it. Yeah. Um, and then when we were making decisions, there's so many decisions that we were having to make on the fly of going, am I way out in left field on this? And going, I don't see a better option. And then you just move forward. Like you didn't have a ton of time to like work through stuff. But that that check-in, that call-out, and that move forward process – I think happen daily,
2: yeah, within sure. reason, yeah, um, what do you think yeah, I think that's that summarizes it nicely, I mean, I think the um there there's this reality when you're experiencing something difficult, you can be doing all the right things, and it doesn't feel like you're doing the right things there's there's no relief that comes from it in mm-hmm. the moment, and so I think um probably for both of us, I could hear what Jeff's doing, and i could I could hear the concern in his voice of like, I'm not sure if this is right or enough. And I've got enough perspective outside. And I'm looking from the outside and I can say, you're, this is unbelievable. Like you're killing it. Um, and and he could do the same thing for me. I could say, I I don't know. I feel kind of stuck. Like I feel very limited in what we can do, but here's our approach to it. And he could affirm that. Uh, and, and then knowing Jeff is, a, he is a good friend and just cares well. So I could tell him on days when i'm not i'm not really winning that battle with with my where i want to be mentally i could say Dude, this is just where i'm at i'm struggling and and get encouragement or or get just the the value that comes from being seen by someone says so man i i get it like this is hard don't be hard on yourself keep keep pushing forward
0: yeah yeah and gosh man uh, and nathan and i we talk we talk now on a daily basis too, and dude, you you are a lot of times. Uh, I mean, I, I have to. You are so good at at listening to people and uh, <laughs> and giving really sound advice. And sometimes when I get off the phone with you, I kick myself in the butt because I realize. Dang, that whole conversation was me picking Nathan's brain and then listening to his advice. I didn't even ask him how he was doing because you just have such a uh, – it's a heart. It's a gift. You're have you you're so good at that, man. It's absolutely amazing. Um, Blake, you got any questions so far?
3: I'm just listening.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. I want to talk now just moving forward kind of – as again we all realize this is this is how the world is now this is how and this is uh we can get into this later but i don't think this crap's going away the freaking stickers on the floor and the masks and and it's it's not going away yeah i mean it our, our entire world has changed i believe permanently uh in a very short amount of time, yeah. and um, but we realize that, that this is is uh, is where we are. Nathan, I, I want to talk. I want you to talk through kind of what was going on in your head when you uh, finally reached out to me, and then I want to talk to Jeff about um, what what his action steps and his mindset were when finally he could start opening the doors again. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, I think, you know, you and I had, uh, we had done the, um, infamous long day in the Kahuta by that point. So w- we were beginning to talk, I don't know, weekly or, um, if I, you, you weren't answering all my calls at that point. Yeah. I, I could get through the first layer of defense. <laughs> so I could get a return phone call every now and then. Um, but what, I think that's the other thing I didn't I didn't say that I could do with each of you is um, process not to be I, I don't I don't want to be insensitive but process the absurdity of some of what I was watching and mostly in terms of the um, collective freak out and panic sometimes or often in instances where I didn't think there was need to panic.
0: You you can be insensitive on here. Yeah. Well.
2: I, um, so. I think one of the, one of the ways I work out, um, what's happening is, um, I just get a little sarcastic and a little bit cynical. And so I can have those conversations with folks like y'all and, uh, and just kind of work it out and get it off my chest and then move forward. Um, and so I think that's where I think for me, it was like, okay, like I said, we're back to mission. Um, we had kind of, uh, years ago, Tanya had developed a plan for, um, and a basically a week long adventure camp. Like let's do stuff with local kids. Let's show them showcase what's within an hour of Rome and, and do stuff so that we can engage community that way. And it kind of just been on the shelf because summers are pretty busy. We hadn't done anything with it. So, um, we took that idea, talked about it. Kelly put feet to it. We're like, okay, let's get this out. So we started looking just right around us. We knew kids aren't going to camp. Um, they need to be outside for a whole host of reasons. So let's start looking around. So we began you know, making uh, new relationships with people in town or or relationships in a different way. Like they knew of us. They just had not done stuff with us and engaged folks that way. I was on the phone with you one day, um, kind of as all this was happening. And and again, kind of a little bit in frustration, just said, you know, camps just canceled. Um, so our summer's wide open. We're doing this day camp thing. We're about to put dates on the calendar. And and it was really, we were, it we forced us to engage clients in a very different way than we have for 12 years. So we typically work, um, our, what sustains us is big schools and churches and camps, big organizational clients. Yeah that weren't whether the whether the individuals i dealt with wanted to continue on or not they they didn't have that freedom from a cultural standpoint or from someone higher up saying no you can't do this trip so i get it they they made the best decisions they could but it forced us to then um engage people at of in a very different way and, and so we just said let's let's put it out there that's all we can do and, and then we'll gravitate toward what gets a response yeah so we put a few things out there not all of those got responses and that was fine we put our attention to what we what did get a response and in some cases multiplied what we did so that conversation with you said we're about to do this um you and i had a conversation over lunch before about let's kind of work work on something together and um and you said well let's do something so in about 10 minutes from me riding to my house to where I was going to ride a bike, you know, we threw this uh, three days, two nights. Yeah, that sounds good. You know, how many people can we have? Well, if with instructors, we can only have eight participants. Okay, eight people, three days, two nights. Roughly, here's what we do content. Here's what you cover. Here's what I cover.
0: Very roughly.
2: Yeah. Uh, You're like, where do we go? It's like, give me just give me some time. By the time I got home from the mountain bike ride, I I got the place. Let's get on a podcast and put it out there and it was you know literally that was a Thursday or Friday. I think we did the podcast on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and there we go. yeah,
3: I didn't even have time to meet Nathan no. until the day before we left I know yeah 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 and and I want y'all to understand where
0: I was at when um when Nathan called me so we we started through a seven project, and we've never had a business plan. We've never had, that's why we called it a project, is because we thought we're just going to let this thing morph, and we don't even know what it is. It's got a weird name. Uh, We know we love Jesus. Uh, We know we got some good stories to tell. We don't know what it is going to be. I had had some, some very loose ideas about things like the finishing school nothing what maybe maybe very loose something like the basic course but uh, but but n- nothing set in stone when all this stuff hit we really the the foundation of our business back then was speaking engagements and the po- you can't even count the podcast i think we had about 3 listeners back then <laughs> so, the merchandise maybe a l- little bit of merchandise right and, and some social media presence well, so speaking engagements were the kind of the foundation of our income when all this stuff, I think we, we, we had within a week or two, like $50,000 worth of speaking engagements cancel. Um, so that went away, but back then Blake was working full time at a different job. I am retired from the military, so I have enough income that comes in from that, that I'm just like, well, man, it sucks to lose out on that money, but no big deal. We're just going to keep piddling, you know. We're going to keep whatever God tells us to do. And then Nathan hits me up, and just like he said, he told the story. I came – I he didn't even know what we were going to call this thing until we got on the podcast, literally got on the podcast to announce it, and I called it the basic course. And then we are – Talking about the curriculum on the drive up to meet the students, we we're like we're literally building the curriculum out on the on the three hour drive up to meet the students of the first class, and we just go out and we mesh. We 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 just it just flows. Yeah, uh, it's just it. You cannot explain it. I mean, at least I can't explain how how perfect. It no, I mean, I, even I, the students. You remember the students being like, "Are y'all sure this is the first time y'all ran this yeah, thing?" Yeah, yeah. And they, little did they know, we didn't even know what we were gonna do.
2: Right, and that and that was maybe six weeks after after it had been announced. I mean, it was a very short run up to the first one. Um, and I, I remember I didn't know that much about three of seven at all.
0: Because there wasn't much to know. About. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah.
2: It, in my head, as as I'm sure other people had done, like I I just figured. You guys were already—you had announced the finishing school, so I figured that you had more already happening. And I remember at one point after we we had met to go over some details, and you are like, "Man, I'm I'm really we're really thankful that you're involved in this." And I remember in my head, I was like, "They could pull this off without me. Like, what are they?" <laughs> and then the, when I met Blake, and I, I I had gear spread out or something, you know, and it, it's uh, I'm a little bit organized with stuff <laughs> <laughs> and. And, uh, and y'all's response was like, oh, good grief. Like we are so, we just hit gold. And now that I know you are, <laughs> I, I get it. I, I see my, I see the, the, the value. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, what struck me initially was there was a complete trust among the three of us, uh, as far as each one of us were competent to do the things that we were going to do. And then we had given uh, Uh, everyone had freedom of movement in their area. So I would ask you a question about logistics or something. Your response was, I do not care. You do whatever we need to do to make it the best trip. So, okay, we'll do that. And I didn't care what you were going to talk about or what you were going to do, or what you were going to say. Same thing as we talked about, um, you know, the, the lessons I would lead, it was just trust and competence. And then I think the Lord putting us together in terms of how we, mesh interpersonal yeah
0: and and you talk about those relationships and you know that that's an example of leadership three basically leaders coming together to work on a project together right because again we all have the authority that that we need to do what we need to do within the mission that we're trying to accomplish we give each other that authority right we, we trust each other, and we're not scared to check each other on stuff that we screw up on. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, we, we make decisions because we feel empowered amongst our team, three-person team, instructor team, and we know we have the authority and the trust. And that's freaking leadership, making yeah. decisions and – Freaking get not, not trying to micromanage each other, yep. and it flowed. Uh, Jeff, I want to ask you, man. When you finally got to the point where you're like, okay, maybe we're, we're going to be able to open the doors again, how did that feel, man? Because I know even now, but especially back then when everybody was freaking out, I think people were judging other people for getting back to, like, for, like, I could only imagine there were people looking at Jeff and saying, I can't believe he's endangering people's lives by opening his gym again. Like, I don't know if, if that, if you felt that, I'm sure it was happening in some way, shape, or form, but how did that feel for you and how did you work through that process? If, if, if there's, you know, if there's any memory or recollection of it.
1: Oh yeah. No, there's some memory. <laughs> um, that's a great question. So <clears throat> I am constantly trying to make sure that people are comfortable around me or in the gym. So my first and foremost responsibility is, is the flock at the gym. Okay. So I wanted to make sure that we were in a place that people felt comfortable coming back. Past that my goal or my preference is anybody outside the gym, if I wasn't, if I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, following the guidelines, following the list, doing the stuff, then I felt like I was doing more good keeping the gym open, serving the people in front of me than I was not keeping the gym open. Even we in the state that we live in, we were super fortunate that our state got opened up a lot earlier than a lot of other states, but being able to put my kind of stamp of my approval on the way I was going to do it was going to be huge. Cause I actually did not open for a full week after the state opened and I got some kickback from that. And I wasn't ready for me to put my stamp of approval on the way that I could run the gym safely, effectively with me being able to sleep at night. But once I could, we were wide open after that. And like from that point forward, it really is every day. I said, I can do more good changing people's lives than if we did not have a gym. If we were closed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, kind of, it kind of, it sounds like kind of what you did is you made the decision like you said focus on your tribe the people that were showing up and maybe tune out the noise that was probably happening outside of that tribe or or judgment or, or whatever whatever you want to call it
1: yes that's i mean in full disclosure that's a big challenge for me um, but that's something that i i constantly am working on is just try to keep your head down keep doing what you're supposed to be doing because you're never going to get rid of the noise, the noise is never going to truly go away yeah, I've gotten better at dissipating a little bit, uh, but giving attention to kind of the squeaky wheel gets the grease kind of deal, but if that wheel is not a part of your car, like you got to be careful paying attention to it
3: yeah Just Get like, away from
1: it yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> we gotta, we got be we got to be focused on what we're driving, um,
2: and well, that's kind
1: of where we sit.
2: I think another thing that, that uh, you did in that, and I think as the, the state said you could open. They were very unclear. They weren't getting out information about what their requirements were going to be. Yeah. So I I just liked that you you needed to be good with it yourself. Like you got to stand behind your own decision, and whether you have the license to do something you know legally or not, you're like, well, I'm not doing it because I don't feel good about it yet. And just the the idea that um, when you're making decisions, you've got to be at peace with them yourself, uh, regardless of what you know someone else says you can or can't do
0: and i don't know if you guys that are listening to this understand that the place that we live in literally everybody knows who who we are everybody knows everybody like we don't live in a big city where there's multiple crossfit gyms or gyms at all we we literally bump into each other everywhere we go to the same restaurants. We go to the same gas stations. We have, because there's not that many options. Uh, so it's a big deal to tune out the noise, uh, especially in the environment that we live in. And then, especially in the line of work that Jeff is in, because I feel like the whole, and maybe the, people, some people don't understand this, but the whole CrossFit culture already has a freaking big X on it it's back like every everybody's already judgmental about the crossFit crowd anyways I'll be totally honest with you I that's the reason I had to, I had didn't join your gym for a long time is because I, I don't I, I not not to say I don't know the ins and outs of the culture but I know from the outside it is looked at as a almost a cult.
3: <laughs> In yeah. some
0: ways, you know what I mean? Yeah. So people are, are – even when times are good, people are judging <laughs> CrossFit gyms. And when times are bad and you're having to make decisions to open your doors back up, they're freaking, look at this cult down here <laughs> <laughs> out how,
2: how many days a week do you field one of those, um, I hear, CrossFit hurts people?
1: Mm, more than I would <laughs> – I spend more time telling people what we don't do than what we actually – do
2: hey while we're on that i'll he won't speak to it uh jeff's an amazing coach that focuses on technique and results and long term taking care of people in the long term so i think there probably are crossfit gyms that deserve a bad rap jeff's is not one of them
1: yeah well i appreciate that nathan the you're not wrong chad like that is because we have fifteen thousand affiliates in the world Mm-hmm. with fifteen thousand cultures and fifteen thousand coaches and some of them are phenomenal. Some of them are not. So but if you're hitching your if you're hitching your wagon to that horse, the CrossFit horse, a lot of it's gonna be lumped in the same thing. Mm-hmm. So Chad, I cannot understate in this town how important it is that when people when people come in and go, I don't want to get hurt. I said, do you realize if you get hurt in this town, I don't have a job. Like this is not the town to have a bad reputation in. So the ability to make sure that we show up well to serve people is really important to me. I will sacrifice short-term gain for an athlete, for long-term consistency, doing it well, moving well, So we talk about trajectory and horizon, like short trajectory, distant horizon. I ask question, if I want to shoot a bullet as far as I can versus I want to shoot a bullet as high as I can, the trajectory of the barrel is going to be pointed in different directions. Yeah. So as a gym and as a culture, you have to decide in any entity or any industry, like what's your objective? Cause you can do what a competitor can do and have two totally different philosophies, same product, Different philosophies. So for me, the short trajectory, distant horizon is really important to me. So anything that's gonna jeopardize that, I'm gonna pull the plug. As a coaching staff, as programming, what we do, because a big part of it is it's not just exercise. It's mentality, How how like what's our mental aspect, relationships, how are you connecting with other people? Like what are you eating? How are you sleeping? Like there's a lot more that goes into the health of an individual than just exercise so it is a super holistic approach but yeah a big part of what i do is communicate what we don't do yeah to people
0: it and if you guys jeff's been on the podcast before it was it was a much more formal interview where we're talking more into these philosophies and jeff's mindset his skill set you got you guys can scroll back through and listen to the episode that we did with jeff where you go in depth in that stuff um And I love it, man, because I'm already seeing a difference in my running. Mm. And I've only been with you guys for, uh, what, two weeks now. And I'm running up a hill just this week. And I'm like, wow, I feel like I have more power, like more driving power from the hips to move and run and maintain speed going up this steep incline. So I'm already seeing, a. Uh, it's already making an impact for me. And for me, CrossFit is a supplemental um, training program that allows me to, ch- uh, that, that I, I hope allows me to achieve a higher level of competitiveness or competition in what I actually want to do, which is running long, long, stupid, long distances. And I think it's going to, I think they're going to pair very well, and time will tell. What we'll, we'll know this summer and this fall, as I go and uh, you know tackle these um, kind of kind of massive uh, one race and then one FKT. It's going to be interesting for me. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the impact and the difference that it does make. Um, you
2: know what? I'm why well, I'm excited that you're working out
0: because you can freaking. Call me every day and be like, "Hey, no CrossFit's at 4:30." <laughs> no. I'm like, "I already went,
2: dude." It's so that you can carry your own gear on the basic course, Blake, and I don't have to carry your stuff yeah, for sure you. I didn't <laughs> think it. about that, man. <laughs>
3: That's gonna be nice.
2: Hey, I don't have room in my pack for this.
3: I've carried this. I've stuffed this big jacket in here, and I can't fit any in my sleeping bag in here. You tote that for me,
0: dude? That jacket I carried on the last class—that was the stupidest decision I ever made. It's like a 10-pound jacket. Um, You know, I don't know if you guys feel this way or not. By no means do you have to feel this way. But uh, I'm very conscious of using the word pride. But uh, just understand, I'm, I'm not being prideful. Like, when I say the word pride, it's not like I'm doing something better than anyone else. Or I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. But I have... I have personally taken pride in providing an opportunity for the for for people that people that aren't so at risk of dying from coronavirus to come and be a part of a team to come and get some time outside to get some time around other people to learn instead of being cooped away in the freaking house like they're being told to do. I can't tell you how many students we've had out on the basic course that have said, this is the first time that I've been out and been able to talk to someone without a mask on in months. And I think that the mental health, the negative impacts on people's mental health from everything that, all the regulations that are in place, I think those negative impacts are going to far outweigh the advantages that we have, uh, that we've achieved by all these regulations. So I have taken pride in the fact that we provide That place for people that want to come, Mm -hmm. that that say, "Okay, I need this, man. If I stay in this house another day, I'm gonna freaking kill myself." Yeah, they know they can come, and and we're
3: one. I mean, we're
0: there are many people doing that,
2: right? Yeah, and it's Uh, a
3: dying breed of people that will attend that. You think kids that are being raised now, it's gonna be. I mean, they're gonna be fine with that kind of stuff because that's what they grew up in. But there's a generation right now, or several, that are that are going through that. And they gotta have that space to continue to be who they were. I, I talked
0: to my wife the other day, we were talking about the basic course, and I was kind of talking about similar along these lines, and you know, she said, Well, man, you you everybody always asks me, why don't I work with youth? I just don't feel called to work with youth. I, I think that there are plenty of of opportunities out there. There are plenty of programs. There are plenty of places that are catered to developing youth. Now, there's not enough. There will never be enough, but they are out there and they are in place. Now, if you're an adult and you wake up one morning and you're in your middle ages and you realize, man, I just, I don't know how to lead. I don't know how to follow i don't know how to make decisions my life has not been what i wanted it to be and now i'm stuck in this place that where do you turn well how many how many places can you go in in in, in, i'm not talking about going to some freaking master class that's held in a hotel room uh, a hotel lobby with some freaking dude Getting uh, The only qualification the dude standing in front of the crowd has is a bunch of Instagram followers and maybe a a large bank account. Who gives a crap, man? I'm talking about creating a real environment and experience where adults that realize they're in a place where they need to grow and make some changes in their life, where they can come to get that done, man. And, yeah. And, Jeff, you do the same thing with the gym, man. Yeah.
2: You know? I think in all of it, I, I, talked to uh, a friend of ours that's a neurosurgeon, as this was all um, probably right before summer. And we were talking at, at a kind of a high level view of it, like looking down and, and big pieces and what's going on. And um, his perspective, I thought was interesting uh, because, you know, the nature of his job is dealing with risk and making judgment based decisions on a daily basis. And, and his takeaway was, you know, look, Nathan, you do the same thing. You make um, judgment-based decisions, that's the world of, uh, that you live in An adventure. Jeff does the same thing. By and large, large there are large segments of the population that don't do that. On a daily basis, they get up, they roll through their routine, and it feels very uncomfortable for them to, to assess risk and make a personal decision based on their own assessment of risk. And so I think one of the things that uh, we've seen this year is that the people that, A, they want to do that, They have the willingness and the drive to do it. So the people that are showing up for events that we're doing, the people that are choosing to go back to the gym when they're in that in-between phase of, yeah, we're open, but not everyone's coming back. Those those people are there because they want something. They want results. They want change. And they've said, I know all that's going on around me. I can assess the risk. I'm willing to take it and I'm gonna be responsible with myself and the people around me. I'm not gonna knowingly put other people at risk. I'm not gonna be foolish with my own health. Yeah. Um but I'm gonna move forward in in doing what I need to do um in all aspects of my what life. What
0: other freaking choice do you have?
2: I don't see one.
0: I, I don't I don't either. I uh, I'm I'm halfway through life. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what other choice do you have? I'm not freaking staying in a closet, man. Yeah. I'm, I probably shouldn't come out of
2: the <laughs> closet. but
0: <laughs> I'm not staying cooped up in my house, man. No. um, Dude, it's been a good year. Yeah. um, It's been, a, I think, a year of growth. Oh, I know for me, big time, and it sounds like for you guys too, it's been a year of challenge, but it's been a, a, a great year to – go back to our foundations and recalibrate. And um, what's it looking like? What's it looking like moving forward, man?
2: Well, this week, all of our spring clients canceled again. <laughs> uh, so
0: the basic course is still yeah. in business, son. <laughs> no,
2: so I mean, there, you know, it's again, it's um, we we serve a lot of schools typically in the spring and they're all like, I, I think we'll be good by fall. Um, yeah. so, uh, some other, some other typical parts of our, uh, business are kind of coming back online camps are happening. And, and, um, I think one of the fun things that's come out of it is the things that we implemented, uh, last year are not going to go away. The basic course will continue the adventure camp. Like we did, will continue. And through the year, through 2020, we established a lot of, uh, relationships with people that are, that are doing private trips and, uh, and wanting to do, th- uh, Amy from Salty Bridges is putting together a, a women's backpacking trip. So, it's um, it, it's revived and and let us do a lot of stuff that that we that's at the core of what we want to do. So, yeah. I, I think I told someone the other day I have confidence moving forward, not again because of some plan I have in a desk drawer, but because of the experience of this year and, and seeing the Lord provide new ways of. Um, of sustaining us financially and, and also just the benefit and the results that have come from focusing on our mission and saying, you know, each day, week, month, how do we carry out our mission? How do we impact the world around us? Let's, let's do that and not be overly concerned with the strategic plan moving forward.
0: You, You know, and this is a good question for both you guys. At what level should we as business owners accommodate the fear-based requests from society does that make sense I think at, so. at, at what <laughs> uh, okay we we run into this we run into this for with with people that apply to the things that we do yeah you usually handle it for me right <laughs> at what level do you accommodate that or 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 because or, or, because there's I know there's pressure. It, it it would feel good for me to just <clears throat> say freaking screw it, dude. I'm blowing the doors off this right. thing. I'm not accommodating any of this yeah. bull
2: crap. I think there's uh, I, I legitimately am okay with whatever someone's response is. It doesn't have to be the same as mine. I don't look down on them. I don't. I, you know. I hope that they can do the same for me. From an organizational standpoint, I look at it as you know, are there are there requirements from the law that we've got to do? If so, we should probably. That's probably the responsible thing to do. Um, beyond that, I think the approach that we've taken is uh, kindly communicating to people. Hey, this is what reality looks like in the experiences that we do we're outside we're mostly distance here's kind of how we manage things if you're not okay with that then by all means don't you don't have to come like being communicating this is the way we manage things um putting that out there as plainly as possible and then being okay again like trying to push is the wrong word but encourage people make an assessment and a risk of, like assess the risk and make a decision for yourself yes. of what you think is good 100%. for you. 100%.
0: And
3: that's our default. It's yeah. is personal choice. Yeah. And, and I we'll, hope this is a good example for everyone to see of how level-headed PN is for us here. I think uh, as a kid we used to tie those june bugs on a string yeah. and let them fly around. And I see PN as the one holding the string, and Chad is the June bug that's <laughs> wanting to go go, but Nathan's holding the string. Whoa, Chad, I got you right here. You know, there, there's but you know, there, there's
0: all different that that there, there's there's people are all over the spectrum on this, right? So you got yeah. you got guys like like my man Andy, Priscilla, uh, and you know, yeah. Andy's like blow the doors off of this thing. And, and and I listen to Andy. I mean, Andy gets me freaking fired up, man. <laughs> um, but is it 100% sound advice? I guess it depends on who you are. It's your personal choice, yeah. right? So that is my, I, I think that is my default is we don't, like Nathan said, we don't criticize anyone. And we're okay with, with, uh, you know, we're, we're okay with you voicing your concerns, Yeah, but ultimately you assess the risk for yourself and make a choice based off of what's your, what kind of risk you're willing to take and, and freaking do it or don't do it. Yeah. Right. And ultimately I think that's the way all of society should operate. What What about you, Jeff? You got anything on this topic, man, because you're having to you're having to deal with this.
1: Oh, yeah. Every day. Uh, I agree with all of that Nathan has said. The The thing that I you take You don't agree a,
0: with, I, with what I say.
1: <laughs> I also agree with Junebug. <laughs> all Can I start I'm gonna calling start, you yeah, that? i want to start calling you Junebug. I think you just earned a new name. Junebug. 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 So, oh. with Pastor Nate and Junebug. <laughs> <laughs> so... Being able to operate in the parameters that you feel comfortable with, whether it be the legal parameters, if there's legal parameters in place, I think it's probably the responsible thing to do as a business owner, which we are doing. To uh, a certain point. To a certain point. But I mean, within, yeah. like, if it's, if you can, then you should, in my opinion. Like, and we can, so we are. Uh, but then at that point, what is the best thing to do to offer your services as well as they can be offered? And communicate how you are doing that and then let people say, I'm in, I'm out. And at that point, you're in or you're out. But as long as I'm being consistent with what we're doing, as long as I am communicating what we are doing, and within reason, like being as safe as we can be, and you know, cleaning and and and, and social distancing and doing our stuff. And and if you're on board for that, I think that I think that you can move forward going, I'm in, or if, like, I am super uncomfortable with that at that point, then you have all the information that you need to make a good decision for you.
2: And I think that, our, I mean, our perspective, as you said, it, it clicked. Our perspective is informed by the fact that we live and operate in a, in a part of the country that we are allowed to operate. Yeah. The exactly, response might man. be different if the state was saying, no, you can't open your business. Then I might have a less of a come alongside approach and more of a hit them head on approach.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: So yeah, for other for people that are listening, saying, yeah, I, you, people are hearing this all in very different contexts.
0: People, some dude in India is listening to this right now. He didn't even freaking know what we're talking about. He never <laughs> even seen a CrossFit gym. Um, moving forward for you, Jeff and i i said earlier in the episode i, I don't and, and i'd like to hear your your view too i don't believe any of this is going away i'd like to hear that you know that's a separate question but you know moving forward what's what's it look like for you brother and what are some challenges you faced what what are what, what does it look like in general i don't want to i don't want to pigeonhole you with any single uh any single train of thought
1: that's a great question <clears throat> give you background Going back rewind a year looking at when the when the closing happened you got an opportunity whether you wanted it or not to stare all the strengths and the weaknesses of your company in the face and being able to do an assessment of where we were at that time in the in the stages of our company there was a lot of stuff that we had to fix So with us, I think there were some gaps in our services for how we could best serve folks. So we've added, uh, we've added a nutrition piece. We've added a master's piece. We've added, uh, ramped up our kids piece. We're looking at stronger personal training stuff. And those were all gaps that we had. We were just group classes. So now we are in a super heavy stage of being able to fix our processes because at that point, It's not so much if this happens again, I would say it's a lot more, how strong can we make it regardless of what's going to happen next? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where as a business owner, that's where the mentality needs to be is going shore up your weaknesses, regardless of what's coming down the pipe, um, And that's where we are, and we're in the heavy stage of fixing our operating procedures right now, not necessarily even focusing on growing. Because I think growing too fast without solid processes in place could be super dangerous. 100%. That's where we're at.
0: Yeah. I love it, man. P.M., what you got, brother?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think this is here to stay in some way, shape, or form um it kind of grieves me to say that only because at a at a almost a philosophical level watching it hurts me to see the the cultural narrative have such power over what people do individually um, sometimes despite the fact that there may not be solid factual information that's driving the things that are handed down that are being consumed. And so that, that really, I mean, more than the day to day, how do we manage this? Like that probably bothers me more than more than that. I mean, it's, it's the kind of the high level, like as a culture, we really were just given into this in terms of, again, not, not the handling of a specific thing, but more the handling of how we conduct ourselves, how we make decisions, how we, um, the the freedom of movement that we show other people without you know throwing judgment their way like there's some of those big pieces that i just kind of sigh it it bothers me to watch some of how that's happened um i I mean fortunately for
0: it bothers me for the for the kids man
2: yeah yeah i mean it i i agree that um there are some effects of this that we've not yet seen in terms of mental health and and social interaction and things like that. And that, and that level of things bothers me. Um, I mean, fortunately, the way that the the things that higher ground does is is very minimally impacted in terms of how you've, what you've got to do. Like we're, like I said, we're outside. So some of our larger group stuff's got to be managed Um, by and large. The, the clients kind of have what they need. They, they've already got their procedures because they live in that big group day-to-day. And so it's just a matter of us coming alongside and kind of nailing out how we carry out programs in that setting. Um, it, honestly, it's not. We troubleshoot and do logistics all day long. That's not really that big a deal. But we'll just roll with what happens and, and keep, keep going. I mean, I think this year showed an, another thing. Uh, it showed the importance of being able to shift your and and set new goals once the world around you presents a different circumstance than you were planning and uh, a a friend as stuff was kind of coming back and he was working again and uh, i asked him how's it going he's like oh it's fine you know we're we're staying busy enough he's like i have a hard time like looking back at basically looking at comparative financial statements and um i'm just used to us growing every year so it's tough for me to see that we're not necessarily hitting last year's numbers. And I just kind of chuckled and said, buddy, the, like the metric for 2020 is, are you here in 2021? If you're here in 2021, good job. You can set your comparative financials aside, uh, weather the storm. And if, if you weathered the storm, then, uh, you you know, the combination of you were fortunate and you did some things well, because there are no doubt people listening that know of folks whose businesses were decimated uh, at essentially at no fault of their own. Uh, they exercised the best leadership possible they did all that we would say that we would do. Yeah. And and
0: dude, I was in St. Louis the other day and they're literally in on their Broad Street like their restaurants have paper signs posted in the windows says we are closed forever. Right? And it's just because they were shut down and they can't recover from mm-hmm. it. Mhm you know so yeah if you yeah, that's, a, that's a good that's a really good mindset if you're here in 2021 yeah. bravo zulu son yeah <laughs> you, you did you did something right um and let me make a disclaimer here uh not that i freaking really even uh, uh, this this doesn't bother me at all but just for the the three people who listen to this that <laughs> think i'm some kind of bigot um i believe that coronavirus is real and I believe I had coronavirus. And let me tell you, the Chinese did an outstanding job designing this virus <laughs> because it knocked me in the freaking dirt, son. And and I believe that it does freaking kill people, right? But there is a large percentage of us that are good to go to carry on with life, right? And yeah, you can handle getting sick with it. it I, I had it. Um, have you had it, Jeff? Yes. Ha- Jeff had it. Nathan have you had what nope. do you live under a freaking rock dude how have no, you man. not
3: had coronavirus he's asymptomatic
2: I don't I don't sleep and I don't get coronavirus
0: Nathan literally met with me the day the day before I found out I had coronavirus Jeff did too
2: no he, same thing with- uh, uh, Jeff was at my house two days later he called and he was like I just got a positive test I w- no, waited no around that, I don't know
0: how did it affect you Jeff
1: um not well let's put so it you had
0: way. a rough one too then yeah
1: i was down for about i was down down for about seven or eight days skipped two races i started exercising probably three or four weeks later it was it was not pleasant
0: yeah
2: jeff ran 30 miles on day three well just, i did I, he, he just wanted to get four more in than you dang it, man. i he think i walked record. the dog that day beat
0: my record man I, I ran a marathon on day four, I think, with the coronavirus, which was not smart, but I had to reconcile some stuff within my own heart about this mess. And, uh, yeah, it it uh, I had a bad – the I had one of the strains that the Chinese made that was a bad one. It put it on me, son. Jeff, you must have got the same one, man. It was not pleasant. They messed some of these up in the lab. They messed some of them up. <laughs> Because some of them, you know, some people get a certain strain of it, and it doesn't. It's like they have they lose their taste and smell, and that's it.
2: Yeah, they came after you hard because uh, you were a seal.
0: They really did. Um. So yeah, we we understand, guys, that this this we're not saying that it's not real, but what I'm saying is we we need to freaking carry on with life. Yeah. You, know, you guys all ninety eight percent of you guys that listened to our podcast, I think freaking know where we stand and you, you stand with us so um
3: what do you got blake you ain't said about three words on this whole podcast you got to have something on your mind well i'm not as seasoned businessman we've got the two experts in the room here
1: oh you have one expert <laughs> <laughs>
3: no um one thing I, I was thinking about nathan was talking about earlier when when you were talking about when it first happened and people started giving giving you advice on what happened, were you asking them, "Hey," or, or were they just saying, "Hey, this is what you need to do"? Those are
2: people that I I would typically sound stuff. I, I would at least talk with them about it. Yeah. So they it, they weren't speaking out of turn. I think they're and and what they said uh, came from a place of concern for me and my family. Right. So it was um it was in a sense less business advice and more. Like, hey, worst case, your family who I love is going to be okay, even if you have to do these things. So it, I re- I just needed to step back and recognize what they were speaking to. Like, oh, they're speaking to me from this perspective. That's just not the perspective I need right now. Like, I need to right. keep my director hat on, business hat on.
3: I think that's that's important to, you know, you, obviously to get someone else's opinion on on things, but also to be able to process it as, you know, maybe process it as, Hey, this either, this isn't what I wanted to hear and I'm going to throw it out. Not that, but this is not actually what's good for me now. Right. And, and you know, I think as a leader, when, when you go to ask for that, you, you already know really kind of what you want to do. And really you're seeking, like you said, bounce the idea off of them. You already have the idea and you're saying, Hey, does this sound like truth? Does this sound like a smart thing to do? And, and instead of just, you shouldn't be at a total loss. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, I'm I'm just down and out. What do I do now? Like, come up with some kind of plan. Yeah, and it's okay to bounce it off somebody else and say, does this make sense? And then go bust them.
2: Yeah.
0: I had a guy on. I had a guy on Patreon yesterday. He commented because you know I'm doing the workout of the day on there, and at the very end I say bust them. He said, <laughs> what does bust them mean?
3: Well, you spelled it wrong. No, I didn't. Or did he spell it wrong? <laughs> he spelled it wrong. Oh, okay, i seen it too, and I was thinking, what's that? I don't know what that means either. Yeah. Busta means get busy, son. That's get my tagline, get busy. you got to say enough said. <laughs> Quit trying to steal my mess, man. He's up on old Junebug. <laughs> <I'm calling it. laughs> yeah. June bug. Oh June Junebug about to jerk the string out of P.N.'s hands, son. Old oh, P.N.'s got, he's strong like an oak. He can't even get to Corona. That's right. <laughs> That bald head, son. Uh-huh. Oh, I better better watch that, son. Yeah, I'll, uh, you be remember Don't call nobody Yeah, yeah. One day Such we'll uh, get Chad here with a hat off, and we'll let y'all see the top of that cul-de-sac. He's got. Oh, he's working, working on, on it. Him. He's working on it. Well, PN, uh, you got a scripture? Or anything
0: you want to end us with? Anything else you got on your mind, man?
2: Well, I thought it was uh, it was interesting because when we talked about When we did the long day in the Cahutta, there was a verse that I shared with you all at the beginning of that hike, uh, that just talks about some of the things that happen in wilderness in my view. Uh, and so this year, as I've thought about it, like that verse, I mean, that's, that describes how higher ground has gotten through this year. Um, let's see if I can find it. Let's see. So it's Deuteronomy eight, the first part, um, And it says, uh, And you shall remember the whole way the Lord your God has led you these forty years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you, and he let you hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So this idea for me that we were in the, you know, in this wilderness, um, and it was a season of being tested and being humbled. And then that he would provide for us in ways that we did not know. So all the things that have sustained us financially are not things that were even on the radar this time last year, whether it was, whether it's PPP, whether it's, um, fi, uh, you know, charitable contributions because we're a nonprofit, whether though, if I look back now and look, how have we cash flowed this year? It's all things that weren't on the radar. So he provided in ways that we did not know all so that, you know, we would be reminded that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So I think it's interesting, um, to take, yeah, I, I often look at that verse on trips to step back from this year and be like this year in the wilderness of COVID that has been how we've been sustained.
0: yeah it's pretty interesting yeah you kind of started the whole year off uh, we started our whole relationship off just pretty much off of that yeah you sharing that verse that's pretty cool man what about you jeff got anything you want to close out with anything you got left on your
1: heart there was a uh, um i'm gonna have to pull it up but there was a verse that kind of got me through some rough moments um on and it's actually in proverbs but it was kind of a a verse that for me, a lot of times the struggle that I had to was getting my, um, getting my everything in line, kind of the vision for how I thought, how I calmed down. I'm big on Ruth Haley Barton has this book. that talks about kind of the calm in the middle of the storm, which I very much believe that that's exactly what this is. so let me see. So Proverbs 4 starts verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord. Always again to say rejoice. Let your forbearance be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. From here it says, In nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which passes. All understanding shall guard your hearts and minds with Christ Jesus. You hear that verse over and over and over again, but until you actually put legs on calming down who actually has the power, who am I going to for my support, and then reframing kind of that don't be anxious, what's my action step, who am I going to and what will I do with it? There's some big stuff and some dark moments this year that that was super, super big for me is prayer asking and being thankful was really in, in, in times a pretty pretty bright light and a pretty dark moment. So um that has been that has definitely been my uh my verse to get me through this year. So it's a big one.
0: I love it, man. I don't dude. I asked Jeff the other day. I said, uh, I said, Hey man. This is funny, I just joined the gym and like the first session, second session I come to the gym, I'm like, Hey Jeff, what goes on up here on Sunday? <laughs> he, he said, Oh, nothing, man. I said, I on, man, we ought to have church up here on Sunday, man. I'm like, uh, I'll tell you what, I don't know how I don't I don't much like church, but I think we could have a freaking cool <laughs> church, man. <laughs> got a nice could.
3: spot over there back uh in that side door. Yeah. Yeah. I think we could
0: have a cool church, man. I think we could do some, some fun stuff around there. I don't know. It's just, uh, maybe when we're old and gray, uh, maybe, maybe sooner. I don't know. It's just something I was thinking about. Will you ever stri-
3: get old and gray or will you just be old and red? I,
0: no, I, I will probably just die before I ever oh, okay. get old. That's mm. what I plan on doing, anyways. Yeah. I kind of live a little bit hard and fast for this old body of mine. So, um, you might be right, Blake. I might want to get on that sooner than later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's amazing to me that I'm even still alive. <laughs> There's obviously still something left for me to do. Uh, but, yeah, we got a strong team here, man. Uh, you know, you guys hit Nathan up on Instagram, please. Everyone that listens to this, find Nathan on Instagram. Send him a message and tell him to start coming on the podcast more often uh, if you enjoyed hearing him also send jeff a message tell him also that you enjoyed hearing him and you want him to come on the podcast more often too cuz it's like herding cats trying to get these cats on the podcast man i thought when i started this podcast i thought well let's just let's not have any like famous figures on the podcast, right? I thought, well, let's just start a podcast with just my buddies and just, you know, regular people, right? I thought it'll be a lot easier to just get regular people on the podcast. Well, I say regular people, I'm a regular person, but not like TV personalities or musicians or super famous people, right? Then I remembered regular people have to work <laughs> regular people got stuff going on it's harder to get your, your buddies on the dang podcast that are out here running a business got their hands in the dirt in the trenches doing work than it is to get some freaking tv head on the podcast man because that's all they want to do is be on podcast yeah, right. so uh no i mean all jokes aside thank you guys for carving out the time yeah. i think there's a there's a lot of uh I know I got a page of notes here. There's a lot of valuable stuff, and um, it's just cool to, re, to back up and just recap. I know we're a little late on recapping 2020 from a business perspective, but uh, we're not too late, about a month late, but it was cool to to go back and talk through it and learn from you guys and what you've done and how you've uh, got to the point that you are now. You good, Blake? Boston. All right, guys, this is the 3-7 Podcast. Old Junebug's checking out. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs>